0: a DJ Greedy from the neighborhood, Little Village, Chicago, Illinois. Pretty cool guy. Um, I'm sure you're going to enjoy this interview. It um, We talk about growing up in Little Village, sort of, and how he got into DJing, all his influences and stuff. So, um, hope you enjoy it. Thank hey what's up podcast world um today in the real chicago podcast i'm interviewing dj greedy um he's a friend from the old neighborhood little village we basically basically grew up in the same neighborhood um and i I mean i've known this guy for or about him um for geez what is it gonna be now like It has to be, like, almost 30 years, man, like the early 90s, right? Um, And I don't know if you want to see what you do for a living, but if you want to, go for
1: it. Yeah, uh, so my name is DJ Greedy. Some of you guys may know me by my real name, Sal Garcia, Salvador Garcia, Little Village, Chicago. um, You know, DJ by day, housing counselor by night. So here I am playing house music.
0: chilling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you you have a lot a lot, a lot a lot a lot of experience with the radio. You used to be at um, if, correct me if I'm wrong. You you were at CYC, right? So I started at CYC and then right. WRTE. Right. Yeah. And um and, and there was a Radio Arte, right? Mm-hmm. And that was um, was it in the same building, or is that when you guys moved to um, 18th Street?
1: So, I, start, I started at CYC, um, and eventually what happened was that the management there, they had classes, so we would attend these classes, and then one day, they didn't open the doors. Just like that? Just like that, and, you know... It was a complete I, I, surprise I, to you and everybody else? Yeah, it was a big, big shock. So... You know, a lot of the DJs that were there were supposed to take this this class in order to get certified yeah. with the FCC to be on the air.
0: Oh shit! I yeah, that.
1: yeah. And uh, some of the DJs that were there, you know the, you know, I was a new kid, and shops closed, so, yeah. it, you know, they called me back two years later, did the class again, same thing, like, didn't finish the class. Yeah. Here's a book. Read this, and you know, yeah, I, you know, I got to learn a little bit, you know, but. It wasn't until like a couple of years later when new management came in, which was back then it was uh, the the museum, the National Museum of Mexican Arts. Yeah, I remember that. Um, so they came in and you know they called they they called me one day and they're like, hey, you know, um, we heard that you know you were a part of this class. We just wanted to see what you're about. Can you come in for an interview? Sure. Oh, you're a DJ. Yeah. Uh, we don't. We, we're not looking for a DJ. Uh, yeah, and I'm like, oh, nah, well, you know, I'm from the hood, but I want to I wanna learn more. I want to learn about, you know, behind the doors and production. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, just because I mix on two records, I, I don't know how to multi record, multi, you know. Back then, I, I learned on a reel to reel there.
0: Oh, that's <laughs> neat, man. Right?
1: So this is be- before Windows, like, you know?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: And once the digital era hit, you know, forget about it we had Sound Forge Acid back in the days in the studio yeah
0: I remember that yeah so 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 you're at you're at um, so basically
1: basically we went from 20th and Ridgeway uh at the Boys and Girls Club right where again i i learned to, to to do edits in a freezer it looked like a a little meat freezer cooler room okay you know and the studio was on the other side have you been to the
0: studio right i, I never i never really that time. okay so it's, this probably, still there? it's probably
1: about as big as this room from from the, my bathroom to so does it still exist it still exists they, they still broadcast up there okay uh loop and radio if i'm not mistaken.
0: Oh, all right. yeah,
1: and Yolokali from the National Museum of Mexican Arts, which is a, a youth initiative where they do art classes, and you know, uh, so they're still out of there, oh, okay, huh? Yeah, so eventually, from, from there, uh, the, the, the National Museum of Mexican Arts came in, and you know, we were still going under 90.5 WCYC, next thing you know, it's WRTE. Okay. and it's Radio Arte and yeah. we're gonna move to Pilsen and yeah. one day they took us you know on a bus to 18th and uh, Blue Island and they're like you know back then there was a Mexican restaurant there was some wagabundos bums you know on the floor yeah. and this is where the radio station we're like what? <laughs> right? Wow. there's like five different gangs on each corner I literally on that corner I, right?
0: I, I visited you maybe once or twice and I was actually in the studio with you I think once um, and okay, so you said the the museum was running that. Yeah, that point, yeah, right? yeah. So now if you go there, there's a there's
1: a bank on the corner.
0: It's there's a Starbucks,
1: right? Starbucks. No, it's a it's a bank it's on a, the corner, and then you got Giordano's right behind it with the uh, with yeah, the Yorokali yeah. museum was right behind us, where the washroom was. Uh huh. It's oh pra- wow Crazy yeah. yeah 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 And this is before Pilsen was gentrified Right
0: All Right right Let, let's, let's back it up a little Let's go back to yeah, kind of jumped A little forward uh, huh? Yeah yeah Let, let's, let's go back to The CYC days Yeah um, So So how the, how, how the hell did you fall into that? I mean, <laughs> so one day I was
1: cruising, right? I had my Altima, my 93 Altima. I think I remember that. Right? Uh, so I'm cruising and I'm literally in front of the building and I hear a promo that if you're interested in becoming a on-air, you know, disc jockey and learning about production, you know, hit us up. 762-9292. So, <laughs> boom. Here we go. I'm calling them. Yeah. leave a message and uh-huh. I got a call back. Who, who, do you remember who called you back? Yeah, Yolanda Rodriguez. She, she, was, uh, she, the G- she, she was the first GM from from the radio station. Cool. Uh, she's the one that told me, no, we're not looking for DJs. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I'm like, no, she believed in me, you know. Yeah. And when I came in, I, like, I, I was like on some different mentality. So I'm like, you know what? I see what's going on. I see what shows are going on. I'm going to do like a commercial, but they're called public service announcements because we were a non-profit. So yeah. I created a collage of like all these, you know, specialty shows that they had during the week, which was like probably five of them. Yeah. And I did a snippet, you know, with a background music and doing just my voice. Yeah. And they were just impressed. They're like, how did you do this? I'm like, well, in the reel to reel, I recorded my voice, came back with the music, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. in the mixer and yep, yep. exactly what you're
0: doing, you know? Right. But everything with a reel to reel, yeah,
1: literally with a razor blade and, and the baby blue tape. And you had to grab the you know, listen to the headphones, and move the reel manually, and then cut it with you know, splice it. You could splice it right in half, or you could do 45 degree going from left top left to bottom right, or vice versa and then pasting it with the tape.
0: I've heard about that and I always thought I always wonder like can I pull it off? I mean like ah, can dude. I do it? I mean once you do it you practice enough right? It's it's, ah, it's beautiful man. If you if you I mean any I mean nowadays you know on your
1: iPad on your you know your Apple Watch or whatever yeah. you can probably edit a sound wave real I know, quick, right? I know, yeah. But Doing it manually, there's like no other. I know, high. I know, I know. <laughs> production sh- high. You know,
0: wait, wait, wait. Okay, so let's go back a little bit further. Okay, um, were you DJing when you decided to go and you know talk to the people at CYC? WCYC, were you DJing already?
1: Yeah, so I, I was kind of like I had already made a name for myself in the streets, you know. But, right.
0: Uh, you know, that's another thing that's unique about you, and I'm glad I'm having this interview with you, is because, um, I, I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I'm going to label you as a, a, a hood DJ. You <laughs> uh, don't like that term No,
1: that's cool I mean, you know uh, I, don't, I don't want because, to No, no because Let me to, ask you this what's, what's your definition of a hood DJ?
0: Um, um, so, growing up in the neighborhood When, you know You would see on television You know, that there's rock bands And teenage rock bands And stuff like that Well, growing up in Little Village um, There was hood DJs by what I mean by that, it's not derogatory at all. To me, it's almost like a, what do they call it, like a endearing term. Because I know that growing up in the hood and DJing is completely different than growing up in the burbs or, you know, you know somewhere where... You know, basically, you know, especially now with you know all the like automation and DJing, like you went, like you went, you were old school in the sense of like, like playing in basements and playing in attics and you know, playing in like uh, cribs that were like had no furniture in them. That to me has more weight than a DJ, like, I, I don't want to mention any, like, quote-unquote superstar DJs, but there's some superstar DJs nowadays that, like, they're world famous, and I'm like, these motherfuckers, you know, they don't know shit about, like, what the DJ culture really is about, so when I cu- say a hood DJ, that's what I mean. Wow. Um. So,
1: yeah, <laughs> I've, walked, I've walked into many venues, right, that undisclosed venues, at last minute, Planned out um, Family gatherings You know my bumper sticker My bumper sticker Says it very well Have party will travel Right <laughs> um, I, I've rocked You know Many venues like that I paid my dues You know Dude,
0: you, you paid your dues A thousand dollars And I'm still paying My dues right now You know well, I don't I, mind I don't mind You know
1: um, I mean like <laughs> And you know Back then I didn't make You know Just like any Underground hip hop artist Back in the days You know Like the fat boys Or whatever They never got paid You know, I never got paid, you know, who got paid the people that were charging at the door, even though they booked me for me, it was like, okay, you know, they, they paid, you know, my friend Havoc to bring the equipment, you know, he's not paying me, right? He's making his money, but I'm I'm putting my name out there, you know. I'm so
0: gonna... so so, about Havoc is another quote unquote hood DJ, and I, <laughs> I'm gonna have him on the podcast. Yeah. I haven't asked him yet, but I definitely will have you him. You know, on. so so when I when I heard
1: your previous podcast, uh, no names were thrown, but yeah. I, I'm I'm gonna throw names out here. <laughs> I am because you know. It's, yeah. it, I I wasn't made by myself. You know, I had friends that yeah. supported yeah. me. You know, I started, you know, from doing graffiti to, you know, be always being a DJ, right? That was like, you know, left hand, right hand. That was what I did. Yeah. And I, I paid my dues. And somehow with radio, you know, like I said, from house music or hip hop underground to where I'm at now house, as a housing counselor.
0: Do, do you remember, this is probably, I'm digging deep right here, but do you remember your first... Underground house party,
1: yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. I got booked by, by trauma. Oh, okay. I got hooked by my friend trauma, yeah. And uh, it was like I can't recall if it was his birthday or somebody's birthday, yeah. And we were by Midway,
0: yeah.
1: And uh, it was a basement, and I'm like, oh, cool. And then you know, he heard me spin, and he's like, you know what, like. You know, we're thinking about cutting school. Um, you know, can daytime. We push on? Yeah, daytime. Can we do a flyer? And I'm like, <laughs> cool, man. You know, I had dropped out. I was working. I, I had a, I think I had third shift at the time. So I'm like, run it. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I was out there wow. mixing, you know, from nine, 10 in the morning. We were setting up shop. And, you know, by the time parents came home, uh, party lower. party's over you know two <laughs> o'clock you know and when it came to these daytimes i can recall one daytime specifically and it's 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 pretty cool because speaking of my friend havoc you know the other day we were speaking and uh he's like i'm gonna do this mixtape and i'm gonna call it daytime and i'm gonna put a picture of the of the house of so the first daytime that we did together nice. which was on like mozart in 51st or 52nd <laughs> so I want, <laughs> but check it out the, 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 the last thing we did the the, the, the last daytime the last thing we did I remember we got so crazy one of the guys like jumped on the ceiling fan yeah brought the whole ceiling (laughs) fan and ceiling down dude yeah we used to do some crazy stuff bro
0: so what'd you say Mozart and 51st bro that's that's for people that don't know or not from Chicago that's considered the southwest side of Chicago um like basically like oh man like What's what's the biggest street by Mozart? Uh so you know, by between California and Kedzie and fifty first. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, okay. Perfect. Painted a perfect picture right there. So I'm from Little Village though. Right. Born and raised oh, in Little of Village. Course. Of course.
1: Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, to be to go out to a different neighborhood back then, you know, we're like, ooh, we're going to Crown Town.
0: Like and, and, and that was that was you had to take your uh a uh, coffin, your um, um, your turntable coffin, or the, the flight, flight. Yeah, so when you
1: said hood DJ, I kind of like said, okay, I don't want to be considered like, labeled like this DJ that, no, it's, you know, because it, it could have a different meaning. pero, It was that kind of DJ that would come out, like you said, with the coffin case. So the coffin case, you know, you had your two techniques, twelve hundred, and then you had an 18-inch mixer on the side with a voice sampler, right? Yeah. And, you know, be, you know be, you still had an amp you had speakers you had a crossover you know everything was analog back then
0: you know uh, there was no digital i know and that's that that gets me because like kind of sort of i'm getting into Not, my, now i just show up with a usb drive you know well yeah that's what i'm saying like i'm getting into like so in that in that like early 90s era I, I had like uh, Newmark. I had one Newmark, one Gemini, you know, and they were belt drives. But what I got wow. from that, what I got from that, was I learned how to beat match. Yeah. And I remember.
1: But it's so much harder on a Gemini because it's not a, like a technique where, with yeah. a technique, once you let it go, it takes off. It the takes regular off regular like feet, it, you know. Yeah. yeah. So with you, it's like you know, it would go.
0: and they would pick up to the tempo dude I'm glad you brought that up because there was times where I I kind of had to like unwittingly adjust to that so I'd have to like toss it
1: can I tell you a true fact from Little Village a DJ that grew up mixing on Gemini's that I I gotta give a shout out Yeah, my man Caveman (laughs) DJ Caveman I swear next block yeah, right? yeah yeah, so the way I got into like no I always wanted to be a DJ yeah. but the way I got into really DJing like you know learning how to control a turntable or anything my best friend Rolando Erase lived right across the street so his sister was dating the main guy from undercover party people the UPPs
0: it was a, a, a that's a party crew for people that are not from Chicago there was a lot of party crews so back the in the days it,
1: it was either you were a graffiti writer uh, or you were a break dancer, right uh, between like you know the whole hip hop house community you know you could do anything any element but one of the five elements or you either you were that or a gangbanger a party crew or a gangbanger right so party crews you know hey you know we are like to drink you know we have pizza parties we raise yeah know, do, raise money for ex cause or whatever right, what were they called UPP so, yeah so they were the UPP so they would bring the equipment say Friday night throw a party right across the street there was a, a double lot that they had yeah. so you know back in the days they would throw these parties either Friday or Saturday so when, or even all weekend Friday and Saturday daytime yeah. they would leave the turntables there so my friend Erase would come over hey check this out we got the turntables come on over 8 30 in the morning. There was one rule that the DJ Frankie G, shout out to him for, you know, influencing me for leaving the turntables there. Nice. He, one rule. When you take his the record out of the, the crate, you had to leave it in a forty five degree angle so that way it doesn't come out of order, you know? Pull out the record, put oh, it right back, don't nice. take the sleeve out. Yeah, that was yeah, the one yeah, rule. Yeah. And yeah, I learned how to control the, you know, the pitch, you know, yeah. let it go, one wiggle, 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 yeah. let it go, you know, right on beat. <laughs> uh, so so thank you for that.
0: Oh, Frankie man. G. Now, now, now you got me thinking. Like you brought up party crews. So yeah, that, that's another. That's season two coming up. We'll <laughs> we'll be back next season with uh, another interview. But yeah, like growing up in I grew up in Little Village, but on in K Town side there was a lot of party crews.
1: KPPs. They were the opposite of the UPP. So all know, right. So there was K Town party people. There was
0: KPPs. There was uh, guest boys. Guest boys. Um, Orange Crush. Uh, what was it? Orange Crush. Oh, there was one that were actually on my blog. Um, uh, because I knew my friends... It's both. all love, man. Well, Wait, wait, no, but it's check it's all love, it out. No, no, but check, check it out. So the first mixtape I ever heard, ever, it must have been like 86 or 87, I'm guessing. And it was a mix that my friend's brother... Um, he 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 had for some reason or another and he threw it on and the reason my friend threw it on because one of the tracks on there had woody woodpecker Ooh. So so um, I, I since have found out what track that is because I asked somebody who used to know like go to those parties and they're like oh I know which one it is so the, it was a it was a you track he tracked the record down yeah and and I, I actually there's I'll, I'll, I don't know it off like offhand right now but so that was the only reason that my friend was showing me this mixtape he's like check this out it's Woody Woodpecker and to me I'm thinking like Woody Woodpecker's awesome but in reality what I was doing was listening to my first like house music uh, like Italo electro mix you know, and I, I, I didn't realize that until years later, where I was like, holy shit. And I'm talking about, like, mid-90s, man, where I'm like, holy shit, the first time I heard one of these, like, house, you know, electro-italo mixes was my friend just showing me his older brother's mixtape. Yeah. And it was just because of stupid Woody Woodpecker uh, sample. <laughs> so, so you're over there across the street hanging out at Erase's oh my god it was a yard or like a driveway or something it's so, a driveway yeah. right
1: so you're talking about the parties or you're talking about practicing on
0: the turntables practicing on the turntables oh
1: no by that time they had a so they either was you know weather permitting whatever yeah. yeah but most of the time what they did I remember they would either have the turntables inside the house and they would run the, the speaker wire all the way to the back if not they oh, would shit. have the parties in the back but eventually the turntables came in, so, you know, in the morning, if, if I couldn't make the party because my mom wouldn't let, you know, she wouldn't let me go across the street. Uh, you know, I was smelling what I thought were hojas de tamales that were being burned, but it's really reefer that went around, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. And I'm like, holy cow, like, I'm smelling reefer, what is this? Like, I'm getting high myself, you know, and I'm seeing these guys drink and, you know, they yeah, are yeah, having yeah. a good time, but, I, you know that was just the visual what i'm hearing is the background i'm hearing uh, the music you God. know back then you know the, like you said the, the tallow the acid house the hip house yeah. uh to us what we consider classics yeah. right yeah. back then that was the the new wave music All Right. right so i was being influenced i was being coached i'm like holy cow so what i was doing was i was writing down the name of the songs or what i thought they sounded like and yeah. then you know i asked the DJ, like, Frankie G, hey, what was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So next time when I would go through his crate, I already knew, you know... Because this guy... I mean, back then, these DJs were coming with 20 crates. All right, I remember that. So it's like, holy shit. It's like I going through that. a needle in a haystack, like...
0: I know, and then it gets me thinking, like... I mean, you have to... You have to know what tracks you want to play, and you might want to play. Right. And then, like, I'm the type of person, like... I, I I might play that one. I don't know. So I mean, it, it's cool.
1: It's cool to be spontaneous and just like you <laughs> yeah. know, just play and try to make it. Ha- I could. I, I I am that nigger that would try to make it happen. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But you know, at the end of the day, you want to make a playlist. And you know, you want to make sure you come I through. I
0: know. I know. Like like. I I I've, I've collected like records and MP3s ever since they started coming out. So whenever whenever you hear any of mixes that I do with my mediocre mixes, you will notice that I'm just throwing like spaghetti at the wall, man, to see what sticks, you know, (laughs) there's no curating uh, one bit, like, I'm just like, all right, this was next in the line, so I'm going to (laughs) throw this one, but one thing that I've come to realize is that um, curating a mix is probably the best way to go, because then you're going to know... Um, you're gonna have... Like, you're gonna be on more solid ground as to what the whole mix is gonna sound like, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So, so, I mean... You didn't just jump on the tables and you were like, you know, a mix master, you know, greedy. No, nah, of course
1: not. I mean, this is years of practice. So, I mean, you know, think about it. This is a relationship that my, my eventually they led, led to a marriage right across the street. Yeah. right. So yeah. these guys were throwing daytimes for about three, four years. Right. So, you know, I went from sixth grade, you know, say 85, uh-huh. you know, by the time I was already like, you know, go, trying to reach high school. Uh, you know, I ended up going to our holy mother of Farragut. So I get there and I needed a locker. So one of the main guys, uh, Papo, rest in peace, uh, you know, saw me and he's like, hey man, I know you. Like, yeah, you know, I live across the street from, you know, boom, boom, boom. I I got you, bro. You need a locker? Let's share. Hey, you know what? You need a jacket? Wear my jacket. If anybody messes with you, you let me know. Tell yeah. them you know me. So yeah. I'm walking around with a papo jacket, you know, and people are <laughs> looking at me like, who is this guy, you know? Um, so, you know, there I was like, you know, I, I got to know people. Um, yeah. So I was that guy that was like, okay, this guy's it's some underground little cat, whatever. Yeah. Look out, you know, and I was the opener for these guys. What can I say?
0: Oh, that's dope, man. You know? You can holy shit, that's like... <laughs> it's like it couldn't have, i don't know what better way it could have happened man because lesson it, there, there's like 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 i mentioned earlier like growing up in the neighborhood there would i would you know what i would witness you know like all these like uh, party crew parties and i remember um, actually one of my cousins like my dad's cousin's son he had some tables and he was throwing daytimes i don't think he was in a party crew I think. as a matter of fact i think he might might have been in a pills like a 18th street gang but i remember seeing that that uh daytime um like uh, party crew culture around me and I, i'm like you know this is like you 86 87 and you know i'm like eight nine years old you know so All I can do is basically witness it, you know? And it's funny because... So there was... All this stuff floating around us. um, All this stuff happening. All this DJ culture happening around us. All this underground culture on us. We convinced my mom if we could throw a party. So... What was the occasion? Nothing. Just just to throw a party. party. So imagine my oldest brother at the time was probably... This was probably, like, 86 or 87. So, my oldest brother at the time was probably, shit, like, 12 or 13 years old. So, my mom was like, all right, cool. She gave us, like, bed sheets to, like, section off, like, the laundry room and stuff. That's so cool. And we're telling everybody around the block, you know, like, hey, we're going to have a party, blah, blah, blah. And Are you guys walking or cruising on your bikes? Uh, yes, both. Both? And it's funny because... We had a we had a guy down the street, and I don't I don't want to mention his name because I don't know if he you know be cool with it. But he was our DJ for it, and I remember he had like, like just two mismatched turntables. I don't even remember if he had a mixer. No pitch control uh, on the uh, turntables. I, I, I don't remember like home stereos. I, yeah yeah I don't I don't remember, but I remember like when he was hooking up the amps to the speakers, it was not like you know you twist it and you know or plug in he had two loose wires and he had them placed in the in the speaker in a way where the two loose wires you know sent the signal into the wow. speaker so you rigged it huh yeah so we we, we, we we were inviting people and one of my friends from down the block he's a little bit older he's like no one's coming to your party <laughs> and I'm like what like fuck you man like where, <laughs> I'm like I, I don't really, like. I personally invited like like 30 or 40 people he's like no one's coming to your party and I'm like alright we'll see what happens fast forward to the day of the party two people showed up no way really? um two chicks um, better <laughs> from down, they, they they lived down the street and uh, they were they were just throwing us a bone they were there for about uh, probably like three minutes and gone oh. so it's just my brothers and me and I don't know who else was there but it was it was a dead party but the reason I bring that story up is because I th- that's the culture that was happening in the late 80s in Chicago you know like there was those days times happening there was those par- like house parties house like lowercase house parties you know like there was like people just throwing parties in people's cribs you know yeah. and basements and attics and apartments. and it was that was just the culture that was just the thing that people did in Chicago at that time and and I, I tell you what I really didn't appreciate the house culture until the 90s and I hate that because I always associated like the house and underground music culture, with like gang banging, because the only people that I knew that would listen to house music and italo and electro were from the hood. Were gang bangers. Right. Yeah, and it, it, you know if you're cruising around, you know back
1: then or even now, you know in Chicago, you cruise around, you know appreciating, you know that era, right away, you know you're gonna get checked. Right. They're going to look at you or they're going to assume based on your haircut, your, you know, the, the tone of your skin, you know.
0: So so I live on the north side now. Every chance I get in a very nice neighborhood, Westridge. But every chance I get, I throw blast music, your mixes, <laughs> everybody's hood, hood mixes. Stop you playing. Know? Dude. And when I'm here, when I come to my mom's crew. I throw on, like, drum and bass and, okay. the like... The hood in you comes out, huh? Uh, but that's the, th- that's the thing, because I, I can't cruise in the neighborhood, in Little Village, with classic house music. I can't. I don't want to... I can't do it. Like, I can't, I can't find okay. it in me. I don't want to get in trouble, quote-unquote, in okay. trouble. Um, but when I'm up in the north side... How do you feel about dubstep? Uh, I've heard it, um... It's a different and, 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 style. and I'm
1: not talking about Skrillex and
0: pop. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I get it. Um, so if you were to ask me to describe what I think about it, to me, it's like a... It's obviously a branch of uh, drum and bass and that whole like dr- uh, jungle stuff, but I appreciate it in the sense of that it's a... Like, like a weird like genre of that style of music okay. and and like I remember when like I first heard like a Jungle and Drum and Bass going to raves you know in Chicago in the early 90s to me i was like holy shit like where the fuck did this come from yeah and remember at that time by that time i we had been listening to me or i had been listening to house music electro and italo for like almost 10 years you know like at least like teetering on like six seven eight nine ten years so when i heard drum and bass for the first time and i heard Uh, i should say when i heard jungle for the first time when i heard like like even stuff like hardcore and gabber like i was like what the fuck this is like this is new to me like it it was very intriguing to me it caught my attention, you know and so then because like stuff that like interests me i kind of go down the rabbit hole like history of that kind of stuff and at the end of that rabbit hole for gabber and for jungle was fucking house music. Hmm. I it blew my fucking mind the fact that the guys who were making jungle music and the guys who or the people that are making jungle music and the people that are making uh, like gabber you can trace that all the way fuck back to house music. Hmm. That blew my mind and then that's when I it hit me I, I would think that it would be like hip hop no no So because
1: of the element of you know the breaks the breaks and, and you know because and, and drum and bass is just that one simple
0: you know sample that was the, the there the, the Amen Brother break that's it Wait, so, but see okay so I don't want to get into like a rabbit hole history of stuff so, so when Acid House came out in Chicago um, for some reason the people in the UK love fucking Acid House so, when Acid House was in the UK and everybody was jamming out to it, that became, like, that would kind of evolved into well, raves and undergrounds over there. So, when that became popular, then all of a sudden, um, they started to introduce the breakbeats beats and the breaks into the sound. So, then that became um, um, hardcore and, like, gabber and stuff. So, then... Um, now Gabber was like what, what one hundred and four no it's, it, beats per it, minute. It's like one hundred and 100, fifty and a hundred between hundred and eighty. Wow. But that's that. But that's basically a modified version of like acid house, and then forty five RPM, like double it. <laughs> right, and then when they started um, bringing because it was so fast, when you would play a break on there, it that's when that's where uh jungle started to evolve from and then that's where you have those like super fast breaks in that music and then you had elements of like uh reggae dub brought into it and then you had elements of like 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 rapping brought into it the rock eye and the
1: liquid soul you know going right. more to hip-hop and then you had trip-hop and
0: right 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 but all of that, all of those genres, I mean, um, podcast world, correct me if I'm wrong, but all those genres kind of got kick-started with uh, do-it-yourself music called house music, slash, and it became acid house, and then that became, you know, you know, Techno. That, uh, yeah, it was history, you know, like after that. So, it, it took like almost 10 years for me to understand and realize that we were living us you and me were living in the baby steps of that whole like culture that rave culture that whole underground culture i didn't it's almost like i had been so far out i had to turn around and look back and i was like holy shit we were part of the beginning of all that and then it got me thinking of all those and I'm glad you brought up the, the um the party crew parties because that kind of helped spawn all that shit. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean they were the ones that were throwing the parties at, you know, Regency and at, you know, certain hotels and, and certain you uh the, the union halls and, you know, the churches, the gym rooms, you know, Saint Agnes or you know yeah. I know.
0: So so I, I met I met um uh, Chippy um, one of the original house producers and I started going on to like the history, like figuring out the history of you know, how he came about fucking incredible, man. Like how, like, um, the African American, um, you know, people that grew up in Chicago, you know, uh, develop house music man and i think it's uh, it, i think it, the history of like that house music even to this day is underrated like we have edm now and you know some people say ah edm house music is all the same shit it's not um but i think uh, there's a lot of credit that that people don't give to the african-americans that develop that house music style that genre yeah yeah.
1: i hate it you know and with you know with respect to you know everyone every race every you know culture that's out there you know you had the gay community too with the deep house back then right right Uh,
0: there's there's a documentary um I think it's man. I'm probably fucking up the title, but it's like I was there when it started or something like that. And they talk about all that how Latinos all, with the hip house movement. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And oh I man, I'll, I'll talk to you freestyle music. Right. And then yeah, right, alternative, right, right, right. right, right. Like that freestyle uh, culture. We were uh, in lockstep. Chicago was in lockstep with NYC, In the whole '80s. Freestyle culture. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you
1: were reading my mind. You know, uh, I, 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 I'm like, this guy's gonna hit New York. Yeah. So there was, there's always been a big thing with New York and Chicago, with even with house. Uh, right. A lot of the big house DJs are, you know, from New York. You know, um, but. Uh, brothers. But I remember back in the days, there was like even breakdancing parties of you know New York versus Chicago. Yeah. You know. Yeah.
0: And that's another thing too,
1: like, that whole, like... I have the flyers, dude. I should have brought them (laughs) so that we could have... (laughs) After the podcast, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for You sure. can take pictures and then we'll post it on the oh, uh, yeah. at the end of the year for your best of 2020. Oh, uh, yeah. We did a lot of outtakes before this, before this actual official <laughs> yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. stay tuned. If you don't hear it right now, and <laughs> season that by the end of season one, maybe by season two, you'll have it produced.
0: Or, or, or we're gonna bring you back and have another conversation. Hey, bro, we're only, we're only like, what is that, 32 minutes in. Oh, uh, we already like, went over you know. our limit, bro. <laughs> We're cutting it. Out. Oh, I haven't even pressed record yet, man. So oh, like, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> no, so, uh, all. This shit is fucking gold, dude. This is the reason I wanted to talk to you, dude. Because I knew that I can have a conversation with you, and I'm gonna. And, and, and we
1: haven't even gotten to the to that part where how we met. Right. I mean, that yeah. was, uh, my a, a mutual friend of
0: ours. Our friend Javier. Rest in peace Ever Right Mondragon Oh man There's not a day That I don't think About that dude man You know uh, It's so sad man Yeah uh, But I, I remember Meeting him through Simple
1: uh, Fucking And we Simple. were You know We were bombing Gary back then Yeah And uh, this little kid You know On the skateboard You know she, you know, Comes up to us Hey can I use Your spray can <laughs> And I'm like Damn this guy Got style Who is this Ever
0: SFA war yeah. Okay Okay S.C.A. Yeah. Sorry. He was S.C.A. Sorry, yeah. S.C.A. Yeah. <laughs> Spray can action. He yes. was with, with um, work and, um. Uh, damn, man, I forgot his name. He has passed away since. Rest in peace. Screw. Screw. That was all Bogan the king, cats. The king of the billboards. Yeah, yeah. The, he was a Bogan cat. They're all Bogan Cat. Yeah, so, so
1: ever we, uh, and then I, through him, we met Christ, you know, another skate. You guys were all skaters back then. Right. And so that
0: that's dude. that's and, a and you guys and you guys and there. you guys
1: were holding down KOS. So I know that's oh, where George, where our friend Level, yeah. from the previous podcast, came in. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, you know, <laughs> I, I saw him at Simone's a couple of days ago, and I'm like, hey man, did you throw up? No, I didn't. We didn't get deep. <laughs> Why not, dude? This is what this is about, bro. Like you know, we and got I, to connect the dots. Well, he, Somehow we're all connected. He did
0: not bring up Level once in that podcast. Jeez. <laughs> Sorry, did I throw him under the bus? <laughs> nah. <He's>, sorry, George. <laughs> we can edit that out. All right. We're, we're not editing that out. <laughs> um, so, I, that's what I'll say. We can do a whole fucking podcast just on fucking Javi, dude. Like, like a man, bro. Dude, I the first memory... It's funny. The first memory I have of that guy was... he was him and his boys... Um, um, uh, should I fucking mention his name? Fuck it. Jerry and I um, um, uh, forget the other guy's name, but they were going around the neighborhood bombing with with eggs, with huevos. And one egg <laughs> splat hits my mom's windshield. Oof. And we look around and it's Javi and uh, a couple of his boys, Jerry and the other guy. And my mom's like, like what's up man what's going on and and i'll never forget what javi said he's like it's a free country (laughs) and i'll never forget it because it's 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 like looking back at it looking back it's funny man because and that's one of the things about this guy his name is javier Mondragon is his full name his tag name was yeah ever um there was something about the way he carried himself that he just didn't give a fuck, man. And I didn't want to say that, but yeah. I I he lived there 100. Yeah, dude, and I, I didn't live to 100 until maybe about 2 year, 3 years ago, man. Now, <laughs> you know, we don't want to,
1: you know, I don't want to put out too much about him, but yeah. unfortunately, you know, he didn't have a life expectancy yeah You know yeah. And he knew that and He knew it He yeah. knew it And that's why he lived it Yeah Right And I just want to say Like my moment with him One time our friend Christ um, He was a manager at Coconuts On Randolph and State Yep oh, I remember that He got us tickets To go see Wu-Tang When they were opening up Against Rage Jair- ah, against the machine nice Wait I remember that So we got him a ticket Yeah So it was Christ Ever Super and myself Yeah We went up there to the uh Back then, it's it was the uh, was it the uh, world world music center. So we went there, and uh, at the end of the sh- uh, during the show, we see Javi running through the, the fence, and he goes upstage. He he ended up meeting the Wu Tang backstage. He told me about that. So we're waiting for him after the show in the parking lot for like over an hour. You know, we're smoking a blunt, waiting for this guy. And we just see, like, this red dot, you know, going from the bottom, you know, to the top. And it was Javi and, you know, a super going back and forth. We could see him from, like, a quarter mile. Because, you know, back then, those parking lots, I mean, yeah, that yeah. was a big parking lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so eventually he ends up telling the story. And, and I'm like, wow. This, I what, what hasn't this guy done?
0: I remember him telling me that story, man. Dude, Javi used to be... I used to, There was time in my life where I hung around with him more than I hung around with my own brothers. And... Like I remember the the day I found out that he passed away, everybody's telling me like like coming to my crib and like like they're like it's like the report, and I'm like I'm like, I just couldn't believe it, so I went straight to his house, man, and I his uncle answered and I'm like what happened, and you know he, you know long story short he told me what happened and I was like man, and that was like the first time in my life that so many that close had passed away and, uh, and getting a little emotional, but, uh, like, like I said, man, like there's going to be a point where one of these podcasts is going to be 100% about that guy. And I remember having the, uh, the interview with, uh, level with George and, I was like imagine him on one of these motherfuckers imagine him on this on a podcast oh my god it's like the world missed out on, so, on that motherfuckers conversation <laughs> very talented our drawer as well I know I mean that too like
1: uh, you know that he started with graffiti you know he wanted to get into the arts I,
0: I, well I, I remember um, him doing like uh, Mickey Mouse and doing Fivel from American Tale and Batman and you know, I remember all that shit, dude. I remember like I have so many stories with that guy. It's like I just have to dig deep, but shit man, that guy So we got we got a show coming up. One hundred percent of just hobby, just hobby, Run Dragon, just ever. Fuck man. How did we get into that man? Oh, because of the how we met each other. And uh Yeah, and I mean growing up in the neighborhood, I just I, 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 back to the whole you know hood dj thing man like i just remember like i still have flyers uh, with you know hand-drawn flyers you know the daytimes you know with your you know dj name on there and i think that and that's one another part of this podcast is that the mission is that i want the rest of the world to know the, what the real Chicago is. The real Chicago. Not what you read in the headlines. Not like some sugar-coated-ass nice thing that, you know, something happened in Chicago. No, 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 no. I want a real conversation with real Chicagoans. And fuck, dude. like That's why I knew you would be a good conversation. Because you, you would know that history. You would be able to dig deep. You have that, like growing up in Chicago, like, story, man, and that's why I appreciate it. and I, I have to thank you, I appreciate you. the opportunity to be able I, to express myself, yeah, here. man, thank you for having it, man, and, fuck, <laughs> we could. Care. oh, so, all right, so we met each other, and, um, you know, you being, uh, um, you know who did you, Well, okay, I know. It's uh, kind of seg- bad segue, but how the hell did your fam- how did your family end up in Chicago? Man, they migrated from Mexico, from La Chona Jalisco. So Jalisco, yeah. how, how La Chona? How far, like distance-wise, so, from like say Guadalajara? So
1: in order to get a Jalisco, say you know you're coming from. From the United States, if you take Route forty five, you're gonna go through Huascalientes, right? So in right. order to go to Jalisco, the first pueblo you're gonna come into is La Chona. Oh, okay. Um if you go to Guadalajara, that's probably about three hours south. okay. So because, Yeah, yeah, because so my, my family... las puertas hacia los altos de Jalisco, okay you gotta pass through Encarnación de Díaz Jalisco. All uh, right. we have a virgin that's a sister to San Juan de los Lagos. Okay. I
0: don't know if you're familiar with San Juan de I've heard of it. Yeah. i have probably been there too. Um, I, I love going to Mexico. Yeah, me too, man. The last time I went was, um, man, like two years ago, and I took my wife to my parents' hometown, nice. in Zacatecas, which is neighbor. Um, right, so um, it's in Tabasco, Zacatecas, a little pueblito um, between uh, Villa Nueva and Jalpa, and but they created a road now. Um, that you can take before you'd have to go around the sierra mm-hmm. to get to the to tabasco now you can actually go over the sierra right. so it, we we landed in aguascalientes and then uh we drove actually my dad um, breast in peace he passed away last year um, uh, thanks and so he came with his uncle to pick us up in uh in little dots in there toyota or something and it's funny because we were cruising yeah. we were cruising the whole way to Tabasco listening to Credence in Clearwater Revival (laughs) so we're like cruising through all these little pueblitos jamming out to CCR and so there I know because it's we must be like from Aguascalientes Tabasco is probably like I'm probably wrong but like an hour Um, but from uh Tabasco to Guadalajara is like three hours. Yeah, it's a it's a mission. So I can picture it in my head so where let, let's go back where, to where Las Calientes. Yeah, yeah. Have you been to
1: La Fe de San Marcos or have you heard of La Fe de no, San Marcos?
0: No, no. So the last time we were there, we were on the night that it started okay so nothing people were starting to chill people were starting to gather there was concerts but it was the night before it started so anyone listening if you want to experience
1: the biggest fair the best fair in mexico go around april my birthday uh basically towards you know after the the 17th per se so before mother's mother's day uh in Mexico and in Huascalientes, you can check out la feria de San Marcos.
0: And I hear it's the lo- fair. I hear it's the longest running uh fair in North America if I'm not mistaken. It's like 300 years old or something like that.
1: It's beautiful, beautiful. I've, 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 that's the reason I love to go back, you know. We're so close, we're about half an hour. So when I fly, I used to fly, you know, obviously to Guadalajara, then León, Guanajuato, and you know, Aguascalientes is now half an hour. So
0: so your family, your dad or your mom, or both are from La Chona?
1: So my, dad's fr- my dad was from Teocatiche. Okay. And my mom's from La Chona. Okay. But, um, uh, you know, because he was born over there, and then, you know, then he was, you know, raised in Belen, uh, and then he eventually ended up in La Chona. Okay. But my, my grandfather actually migrated, my great-grandfather also migrated uh, towards uh, Yakima, Washington, Okay. So they were picking apples, and I still have an uncle that's picking apples and cherries out there right now. Okay. Uh, but eventually, they worked their way to Chicago. I had, you know, my mom's side of the family that was working over here. They hooked up, you know, they they met my dad's side of the family, and for go. work they came to Chicago yeah, for work. Obviously, right? yeah, yeah. Nobody yeah, wants to be in this yeah, cold as weather, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I remember my dad was working at a factory where they made uh, big ashtrays and like coat hangers. Uh, oh, you know, okay. So it was like a very industrial company and yeah. remember the spot being up north like by Wicker Park okay which is now so gentrified there's like bars everywhere
0: yeah and they turn all those warehouses into residential like condos and yeah, lofts yeah yeah. yeah yeah Yeah. see and that's that's another reason that I want this podcast because it's almost like that history of Chicago is yeah. like fleeting is running away man yeah. yeah
1: so one of the coolest things like I, I googled like a little village image and on the block that I'm at you know if you were to look down my alley um, you can actually see 26th street so the the, the the sidewalks are elevated like with wood you know boardwalks yeah. so uh, uh, there's a Bank of America on one corner that was a jack-in-the-box obviously back in the days but I heard about that. on the other corner where the Hacienda de los Gutierrez used to be de los Gutierrez, uh-huh. now it's like some Arabian spa where they sell like you know um uh, blankets and all this other yeah, stuff yeah, right yeah. like a dollar lunch and all this stuff yeah, yeah like a dollar store that used to be a theater a california theater i i've seen pictures
0: of it like you know? back in the day yeah
1: dude so you know so much history that's that's been lost you know this was the downtown of uh, of cook county so when people would go to the court or whatever yeah they would you know and, and, and 26th street is like the second you know uh you know, neighborhood that makes the most money in tax revenue, but we don't receive the benefits. We don't reap the benefits. I know, right? Kind of weird.
0: Th- that's that's like it's not a secret, you know. And it always it always trips me out, like how with so much like if you walk down Twenty Sixth Street, like every single storefront, or at least ninety nine point nine nine percent of the storefronts are filled, and you know. And there's tax money going to the city from those, you know. And it,
1: You know what business is not filled that I have so much curiosity about? Uh-huh. Rosie Furniture on Kedzie and 26. <laughs> I've never seen people in there.
0: I thought it was pronounced Rossi. Uh, it's Italian. <laughs> Sorry. You know what? Have you ever tried to go in there? Like, actually... Not Stop cocky. playing. Well,
1: well you got to get buzzed in or something or what?
0: I don't know. I never... I don't think anybody I, I've ever talked to has ever stepped a foot there? in there. Nah. They had that tacky-ass
1: furniture. No, we, we'd rather, we rather go to Aronson on 47th because we would finance it, you know? <laughs> get that
0: 15-month, 0%. But they... What I love about it is that it, it was always, like, tacky... Like, like, weird, still tacky, weird furniture like, 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 from the lot, Roman Empire, but you know, right, right? A lot, a lot of like porcelain or, or like ceramic Dobermans and yeah, acrylic tables,
1: yeah, and where they took a rock and carved the table uh, out of it, would put a glass, right. you know,
0: top on it. Wait, 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 so we're talking about it now. What the fuck, no one's ever been in there,
1: but it's still open.
0: Wait, so, wait, wait, so do you know anybody that's ever been? In I've that? never,
1: you know, and I swear, you know. I <laughs> So besides being a DJ, besides being a housing counselor, I also love riding my bicycle. Yeah. So, you know, at the end of the day, I got to come back home. So, yeah. you know, whether I'm going, you know, at any time of the hours, I always pass through that place. Never seen anyone I walking know, around.
0: neither have I, man. And, I, you know, I, before I started living up north, I lived in the neighborhood for like almost 35 years. And I've never seen anyone in there it's a mystery so it's a mystery so podcast world if you're listening to this uh look into that. it's called if we
1: can get someone to take a selfie and prove to us Inside. that you've been in there yeah i mean you don't gotta shop don't show us a receipt just show us you being in there i swear i will treat you to any chicago pizza that you want and i'll even dj at your party how about that
0: yeah that's an excellent incentive <laughs> holy shit all right wait, like uh i think we should wrap it up dude all right man it's been a pleasure no it's been my pleasure dude holy crap man thank you for doing this sales thank you greedy dj greedy I yeah. appreciate it man so
1: if i could just finish off and just let people know that uh you know i'm a housing counselor so if anyone's interested if you live in the state of illinois uh you know even in cook county uh chicago any neighborhood please reach out to me uh i'm available uh you know, my, my number, my work number is uh, 312-736-1439. I work at a nonprofit organization called, been you know, doing community work for over 30 years. Awesome. I'm the housing stability supervisor there. Um, so, you know, I'm there to provide you know, foreclosure prevention. So there's a lot of people who, you know, who've lost their home, you know, or are going to lose their home due to, you know, uh, COVID-19 or any other hardship. So I'm here to explain and, and offer you your loss mitigation options, you know, successfully help people lower their property taxes and, you know, retain their home. And, you know, I don't do it for the money. You know, uh, I'm just here to pay it forward.
0: Um, Do you have any uh, Twitter sites? Do you have any Instagram? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you can find me on
1: Instagram. Just, you know, look up DJ greedy, all one word. There's no space in between DJ G R E E D Y. Uh, I'm on Facebook as well I have a page there and look up DJ Greedy all one word Uh, Twitter DJ underscore Greedy Uh, my website DJGreedy.com appreciate the time bro
0: damn bro thank you this is gold right here I can't wait to post this which will probably be next week thanks bro looking forward that huh that's dj greeting um i really enjoyed how he brought up the party crews and um how he how he got into dj and stuff like that i think that's probably the coolest part of the interview but yeah um i hope you enjoyed it thanks a lot thanks for listening